0: Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me! I like the sound of that. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Star Wars Fun for Everyone, especially me! This is episode 3, and uh, I'm your host, Tom Sutton. Well, I've had some. Uh, I've, I've already had some Star Wars fun today. Uh, so, it's, uh, I think it was last year sometime, uh, my good friend Lala gave me um, a birthday present. It was, I guess it's about a, like a 12-inch um, high uh, Darth Vader figure. I guess she found it in a like a second-hand shop or flea market or something. Anyway, it was really cool, but uh, he was missing his cape. Now, um, something, you know, Vader without a cape, he's missing something. So I... Uh, I've had him sitting on my practice amp at home for some time. And right now, when I'm not really working, for obvious reasons, uh, I thought, all right, it's time to do something about this. <laughs> and I mean, I, I actually Googled, Googled, you know, like how to make Darth Vader capes and thought like I can, you know, scale it down for the size of the figure. And I practiced, I, I got like a kitchen paper and like did <laughs> practice versions and stuff, I got pretty serious about it. Yeah, but in the end, I just thought like, I don't know. I feel like I could probably put a lot of work into this and it can turn out looking kind of bad. So uh, I remember that I had a pair of um, black jeans that I had managed to spill candle wax all over. I thought if I turn them inside out, maybe I can use a bit of that black denim to make, the, make a cape for my Darth Vader. So that's what I did. Cut his cape, uh, no, cut, the, uh, cut one leg off my jeans and um, used my extremely limited sewing skills to attach, attach it to, to Mr. Vader. And uh, it doesn't look too bad, actually. Um, it helps that I have managed to sit on my glasses and then stand on them. Uh, I actually sat on my glasses twice and then stood on them once, so I, at home I'm, I'm often not wearing them, so um, maybe that helps, but there's something about the silhouette of the shape of my jeans as Darth Vader's cape that actually it works pretty well, so uh, pretty happy with that. Now, uh, we've had a little bit of news regarding the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series, Um Probably people have heard that uh, there were some delays uh, related to the writing. Uh, I think um, some people believe that uh, perhaps there were things that felt a bit too similar to The Mandalorian that they wanted to change. Or, I mean, a lot of speculation, but uh, one thing we know for sure is that they have appointed a new writer. Um, his name is Joby Harold. Um, I guess the things he's most famous for is actually as act, uh, acting as a producer. So he was a producer on John Wick Chapter 3, which I have not seen. Uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword, which I have not seen. But he was also a producer on Edge of Tomorrow, um, which is a killer movie actually. Loved that one. As a writer, uh, he was also uh, the screenwriter on that King Arthur movie. Other than that, uh, not a ton of writing credits. So I guess, you know, every time they announce uh, people getting involved with high-profile, key Star Wars projects, that um, when they announce people that I have never heard of before, or whose work I'm not that familiar with, I I find myself feeling a little bit confused. Um, Now, of course, if you go back to, uh, I guess it would have been around, you know, 78, 79 when these people were hired. I mean, it's not like uh, Lawrence Kasdan and Ivan Kirshner were exactly, you know, they weren't you know uh heavy hitters in genre entertainment at the time either and uh look they um they were instrumental in uh creating what many consider to be the best Wars movie ever so i'm always uh, open to uh what these people can uh, bring to the table um but uh, yeah you can understand if sometimes when they announce these these kinds of people i like, feel a little bit like okay maybe uh Someone with a bit more, uh, I mean, when they announced you know Favreau d- doing The Mandalorian, I mean, th- those pieces fit, you know. Um, the guy's been, um, you know, successful in Hollywood for many, many years, and he's uh, been uh, hugely successful in this kind of you know, big budget um, genre entertainment, you know. So, the People like that, you kind of nod and go like, yep, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but when they announce people like uh, this guy, Joby Harold, I guess you feel a little bit like, hmm, okay, let's see how it goes. Uh, we will, of course, see once the show comes out. Uh, a little bit of sad news. Um, a gentleman called Andrew Jack, uh, you might remember him from The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. Um he played uh i can't remember he's the character's name exactly, but um you might remember a really great shot of him in the last jedi when um the soldiers are down in the uh in the trenches on crate and uh he steps out with a pair of macu- macro binoculars um yeah he uh, sadly has passed away uh uh, it was covid-19 related um so that was too bad i really i must say like i'm not i'm not just saying this but i i really liked that that particular shot of that character i always thought he looked cool he looked exactly like how i would imagine um a kind of a uh, a rebel or resistance officer to look uh he was also a uh, dialect co- coach on uh on at least The Force Awakens, and I'm not exactly sure but I heard. He was a dialect coach on Lord of the Rings as well. Anyway, talented guy, cool character in Star Wars, and uh, yeah, so thanks to him for his great work. Now, um, as I have mentioned before, I've been working my way through the art of The Rise of Skywalker. Nice to see a lot of people around uh, on the internet really enjoying it and pulling a lot of uh, fun stuff out of it. Uh, something that I recently read about as I'm uh, reading through it, and I actually get, I remember from watching the uh, extras that came with the Rise of Skywalker ho- uh, home video release. Um, interestingly, uh, Maz-, Maz Kanata was not a CG character in The Rise of Skywalker. That was actually a practical puppet. Quite interesting. Um, I'm not sure why exactly they decided to go from doing her as a CG character to making her a, uh, a, a puppet. But, um, you know, after reading that, it, it made me think, like, did I notice a difference? And I think I did a little bit um i've i think i found um maybe her range of of movement and expression was a little bit uh limited compared to what we saw especially in the force awakens where you know which is where she had her biggest role but um yeah you it's not unusual to have a uh, a practical character be shifted into um A uh, kind of CG version, as we saw with Yoda. But uh, they went uh, the other way on this one. Um, So that will be interesting to take a look at um, uh, when I get to those scenes in the film. Um, Actually, I just wanted to... Yeah, I just wanted to read here, um, this is something from Neil Scanlon. A lot of you would recognize that name. Uh, He is basically the head genius behind uh, the creature work in the most recent Star Wars films. So this is what he had to say about Maz. I think Maz is the most sophisticated puppet that we've made. There was a physical suit that was worn by Claire Roy Harvey, the physical performer, Effectively, a leotard that has senses right down to her fingers. She would either be right next to the Maz puppet or uh, very close to the monitor, near JJ. He could just turn and say, Claire, just play more with the hands on that one. He could see the interpretation of that instantly on on the screen. Puppeteer Richard Coombs vocalized and performed Maz's lines at the same time and Matt Denton uh, laid on the eyes, eyebrows, and all the other little expression levels on top. Gustav Hergen, taking a guess at the pronunciation of that one, Gustav uh, Hergen uh, built the mechanics for the head and did a superb job. The motors were tiny, so we were able to put in as many as we wanted. It was the culmination of five years of working on these films and saying, we can make this work. was that's cool, I mean, absolutely. Anytime you can do something practically, um, of course, you should try to do that if you can. I just think, uh, you know, um, CG has come such a long way and it can do pretty much everything, but if you can get it on screen uh, or in camera, then why wouldn't you? Uh, also in the book, I'm making, I'm, I, I just uh, got to the section, the Babu Frick <laughs> section. <laughs> I've been looking forward to getting into that, I mean, what a character. He has been a total hit, and um, yeah, for me, it's one of my favorite parts of the whole film, that character. So uh, it was nice to reach uh, the section in the book where you see some early design ideas for that character. Um, Quite kind of interesting that the original idea was. Um, well, I mean, of course, there were a few original ideas, and all this stuff goes through many, many versions. But uh, early on, they were thinking of a kind of a, an insect type character um, with the idea that it could crawl around in the. Caller. Um, basically crawl around inside droids and uh, inside uh, machines or vehicles or whatever in order to do the, r- the repairs. I thought that was really cool. Um, but glad that we got the, the bubble that we got, since it was really perfect. Um, uh, yeah, I want to read one more quote from Neil Scanlon, the, uh, the creature's master on these, on these films. Uh, here we go. Babu's a wonderful d- little design. We're shoo- we're shooting with him this week, and there isn't that much green in comparison to what we thought. Uh, there are a few where the whole background is going to be digitally put in, but on the scale of economics, I don't think it's any worse than, say, a BB-8 or D.O. shot. And Shirley Henderson, who I remember as Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter, learned how to do the jaw and the lips as part of our puppeteering team. She's come up with this wonderful, gaggling, babbling, strange little squeaky voice for Babu. You can see the smiles on set as soon as she vocalizes it. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting you hear uh, the people involved in making the films. So many decisions, I guess, go through that filter of like, how much is it going to cost? And... um, so he was talking about how much uh, kind of post-production would be needed on the puppet. But uh, the, the point of that, that that I really like is that um, he says that, yeah, the, the, the crew on set really responded to that voice immediately. And that's really nice to hear. I think, um, uh, let me check her name again. Uh, Shirley Henderson. Shirley Henderson. What a fantastic job! I mean, I think you know they uh, a photo of Babu Freak was one of the early images they released for the film, and it was it was fine. You know, I think everyone was like, yeah, that 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 looks nice. Um, but it wasn't until you had the character in the film with that voice that people really responded to it, and uh, so it's nice to see that the response that um, people watching the film have had is pretty much uh, the same way that uh, the crew responded on set. Uh, also, um, we've had, of course, the latest episode of The Clone Wars, more of Ahsoka and the sisters. Ah, uh, yup, it's fine. <laughs> that seems to be the, um, the general response. Um, it's a lot of running and jumping and getting shot at. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I often, you know, when I'm, wa- when I'm watching The Clone Wars, I, I often wonder, would I respond to this differently if it was uh, set in, for example, the original trilogy era? Um, there's one section where they are just running through the streets and the streets are made out of these kind of like dark walls uh, but lit with strips of kind of glowing neon. And uh, I just... To me, that it just doesn't look like Star Wars. I'm sorry, like, the used universe that was established in the original trilogy, to me, that that's Star Wars. I think the new films fit in great with that, but I really feel like uh, the prequels stepped away from that pretty uh, heavily. And, of course, this is set in that era, so they're going to follow the same aesthetic, um, yeah, it was okay. Uh, something that was kind of cool. Spoiler spoiler alert if you haven't watched it and are planning to watch it. Uh, three, two, one. Uh, we get mm, a trio of Mandalorians show up towards the end of the episode. Uh, they are interested in uh, Ahsoka and seem to recognize her for who she is. Um, is one of them Bo-Katan, perhaps? I guess we'll find out next week. So um, I, I think, you know, I, I'm assuming that the final arc of the Clone Wars will be, um, you know, uh, we've known for some time, it's uh, the Siege of Mandalore arc. Uh, people seem to be looking forward to that as something that will have, a you know, a whole lot of weight to it. And it will be how we finish off the... Um, Finish off the Clone Wars for good, you know, in theory. Um, I guess that will be a bit more hard-hitting. So, yep, pretty classic Clone Wars, as far as I can tell. Uh, Beautifully made. Looks great, if you like the prequels aesthetic. um, But not exactly essential Star Wars viewing. Alright, we are going to get on with our uh, scene-by-scene uh watch and appreciation for the rise of skywalker now um the last what what we left you with last time was um the uh, light speed skipping um, uh which then leads us into this uh sequence where we get reintroduced to Ray as she is training on uh, this planet i believe is it agent kloss or something um where the resistance base is. And of course, we will uh, come into contact with um, Leia for the first time in this film. All right, so here we go. Uh, so we get this shot of um, Ray meditating in midair with these um, rocks floating around her. Um, I guess uh, many of you would know that JJ originally wanted to introduce Luke at the end of uh, The Force Awakens with these kind of floating rock things or a floating rock shot, but um, Ryan Johnson needed Luke to be cut off from The Force and uh, that meant that uh, JJ had to change that. That was for the best, I think. Um, I feel a little bit like... This shot is a little, I don't know, it's, um, it seems too kind of, uh, too perfect in a way. Uh, the the kind of the shape and the movement of these rocks. It's all right, I guess. Um, and uh, Ray is, uh, yeah, trying to connect with the uh, Jedi Knights of the past saying, be with me, be with me, and there they're not with me I like that Yeah, I just find Ray like so relatable or so likeable she is fantastic I mean if I'm thankful for anything in this whole new era it's for that character I just think um, she I, like I'm as big a fan of her and of other new characters in, in these films as I am of uh, you know characters that I've loved for 40 years or something so that's uh, that's great and then we cut to uh yeah, Leia looking towards Rey, as Ray uh walks towards her. She's holding the Skywalker lightsaber. Um yeah, of course the big question here was uh you know, they as most of us know they were using uh repurposed Force Awakens footage of, of uh, Carrie Fisher to make this work. I think they did a great job for the most part. There might be a a shot or two here or there where you you can, if you're, you know, where you're kind of reminded of what the circumstances are. But overall, I think they did a good job. They were in a really an impossible position. Um, I think, like I'm still, I still feel uh, sad in a way that. that Leia didn't get her kind of um her chance to be a bit of bit more of the centre of her attention in this film and um you have to assume that there was a hu- a big scene between her and Kylo or Ben Solo on the cards which would have been really hard hitting and really uh really emotional and it's it's a real pity that we we we'll never get to see that. But um it's cool. I I think they did the best they could really. Um we have Leia handing her the saber. And now Ray is going to into this training uh sequence. It's cool. I like the um I like this forest. Uh yeah, she slaps on that um I guess it's um Oh, where was I... Re- I think it was in the art of or in the uh, visual dictionary, I'm not sure. But this helmet is more or less like an A-wing pilot helmet, I think, but with a blast shield. She puts the blast shield down. That's some classic Star Wars. Now, this, um, the training remote, apparently they, they managed to dig up the original cast for the original training remote that you see in Episode 4 uh which accounts for it looking really authentic and really similar to what we know and love um, it's cool it's a good energetic scene um, ah I love that uh, that movement when she like slices through that ribbon thing, lands on the floor, and grabs it looks tough it's nice I like that a lot um I mean, One question that's going to come up if you're talking about this film is, like, to what extent were J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio, the writers, responding to fan criticism of um, episodes 7 and 8? It would be nice to think that uh, they didn't pay any attention to, those, to that at all, um, but uh yep there is evidence, definitely <laughs> evidence to suggest that they uh they did make certain decisions specifically uh to answer or to uh deal with you know perceived weaknesses in the films um so this kind of this idea of uh, like oh why is why is ray so strong if she hasn't had like the proper training and blah 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 I'm not going to go over it again. You've heard it discussed 8 billion times. Um, I never had an issue with it. She's the hero of the movie. <laughs> you know, um, heroes are heroic and can do lots of cool stuff. It's kind of enough for me. But anyway, this uh, training sequence could could have been created as a, as a way to answer those criticisms. I'm not sure, but... Um, Hey, it's a cool scene. It's a nice way to get reintroduced to her. Um, and uh, now we get into this section where, here we go, Kylo Ren. He's opening this uh, this thing that contains Vader's melted helmet. I love how you get like this kind of these wisps of smoke drifting up towards him, and suddenly. She's off her game. The remote's getting the better of her. Um, now, I mean, I find myself wondering: Is is Kylo reaching out with the Force? Is that what is kind of um, causing her to lose concentration? That, or, or is he actually somehow <laughs> like connecting with the training remote? to uh to attack her and like causing it to attack her more viciously but um yep of course we saw some of this stuff in the uh in the trailer there's this um amazing shot of her throwing the saber it's f- flying around almost like a boomerang she pulls up the uh, bam yep pulls up the staff smashes the training remote into a tree and then catches the the spinning saber in one hand i mean this is the kind of visual poetry that uh really connects with me i love it um, yes that, that leads us into uh yep s- some visions very quick cutting i know that uh some people have uh Pulled cool images out of there, like you see uh, Ray actually sitting on the Sith throne. That's that's cool if you can uh, time your pause button correctly. Um, but also in that connection, she um, so Kylo Ren also sees certain visions. That causes him. to... Ah, but that's great. The <laughs> the shot of the tree that she cut cut down with that uh, with that spinning saber. Sitting on BB-8, that made me laugh every time. It's funny, like um, when I, you know, I saw it in seven times in the cinema, and in a way, when these like funny things happen, I just feel like tapping the entire cinema on the shoulder and being like, "That's funny, right? That's a good joke. Ha <laughs> ha! You can laugh a bit more if you want. Hee." <laughs> yeah, <I don't, laughs> it's a bit sad. Sorry, <laughs> but I don't. I just the humor in um pretty much all the 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 new era star wars films have, has been so good and i just felt it was so lacking in the prequels um the clone wars and all that i, I don't find them very funny either so i just like i just think the the kind of irreverent humor in these like um, it was really re- uh refreshing and i'm so glad that it's back uh yeah, this um it's cool. like uh, you see it referenced again and again in the art of book, um, that they wanted to have the blockade runner from the beginning of uh, episode four in this cave uh, to have this kind of um, kind of iconic ship act as the uh, home base, in many ways for the resistance. I mean, there's not that many left. Uh, so, not, uh, not too surprising that they can all fit on one ship. But it's a cool idea. Especially, you know, like we've got... Um, uh, you've got um, the entire saga starting with Leia um, and bringing it full circle in a way. I'm just sorry. I'm a bit distracted right now because I just paused it on Ray doing a really stupid face. So I have to take a photo of that for my the unflattering pause Instagram account. All right, let's keep rolling. Um, yeah, again, I think it, I really buy that uh, Leia and Ray are talking together. Um, it's the I know they had to write around this dialogue, but that's all right. Ah, ah but this look, well, I love that where Ray. Leia says, Don't tell me what things look like, tell me what they are. And uh, Ray says, I think I'm just tired, that's all. We've all used that. (laughs) We didn't really want to talk about what we were thinking or feeling, you know, in in any given moment. And the look that Leia gives her is spot on. I love it. It's really amazing that uh, they, um, you know, it's repurposed footage. And, uh, but, They brought this really lovely moment into the scene. This is kind of wacky. This, this, uh, I will earn your brother's saber one day thing. I, I don't know. That feels like related to uh, trying to fit the layer footage in in some way. Um, great that uh, Ray then you know they end that little exchange with layer. Uh, with uh, Ray saying yes, Master to Leia, uh, we'll get more into that later. But uh, I love seeing Leia as a, a as a Jedi Jedi teacher in a way. Um, yeah, we'll get into that more as that more of that is more of that is um, exposed. All right, so um, we are gonna stop there. Um, hope everyone's uh, having uh, the best possible ca- time they can have under current circumstances it's tough out there I know um, but uh, just hope uh, everyone's keeping their head above water basically alright thank you very much for listening uh, we'll be back soon we'll see you next time on Star Wars Fun for Everyone especially me